I'm Patrick Finley. He's Jason Major. Welcome to Palace Intrigue. Jason, coming up on the show, we will talk about Justin Fields' big return from a separated shoulder. We'll talk about Aaron Rodgers and his continued owning of the Bears. And we'll break down what happened in the fourth quarter of the Bears' nine-point loss to the Packers here at Soldier Field. All that and more coming up on Hallis Intrigue. Jason, as you and I sit here in the Soldier Field press box, um, thumbing through the box score, it looks like the Bears... <laughs> this game had a little bit of everything. It had a return of Justin Fields. It had more highlight performances from him. And then it had what we've seen too often this season, which is in the fourth quarter... Uh, the Bears have fallen short uh, offensively and defensively. And he fell short. Yep. He was playing very well until the last three minutes, Patrick, when he threw two interceptions, and one of them really was the one that cost them the game. The one of three minutes left, throwing for Equinemius St. Brown on a dig route where he's supposed to come back for it and kind of lose Jair Alexander going down the field. Uh, Alexander read that ball better than St. Brown did, jumped it, got the interception, uh, that pretty much sealed it, and those minutes count. Yep. They don't. You, you don't get as uh, bothered by the losses in a rebuilding season like this, but there will be a time when this matters a lot, and that'll probably be next season. And what Justin Fields did in those last three minutes is really concerning. I I, I wrote about this, and I think you did too. Two things can be true at the same time, Jason. Number one, we can all admit that this roster isn't built to win in 2022. We can admit that uh, they took the field. I, I think uh, I think what the numbers were, I have them in front of me here. I think the Bears had about 40% of their salary cap in uniform today. I think the Packers had something like 70% of their salary cap in uniform today. The Bears are paying more money to people uh, who are playing for other teams than they are for people playing on their team. Because they're still paying guys they got rid of. Yep, you know. and what, 11% of their salary cap's tied up in IR on top of that? Uh, so we can admit that the Bears roster has fundamental flaws and is not built to compete. That said, when you've got the ball in your hand with three minutes to play, you can't lose all of them, and they've been losing all of them. They're on a six-game losing streak. They've lost nine of ten, and six of those nine have been by seven points or less. This one would have been seven points or less, too, if the Packers hadn't decided to go for two with a minute 40 left to put the game out of reach. Gutsy move, by the way. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it. It was smart. This sounds like something you do in Madden, isn't it? You got, it sounds like something you do when you have Aaron Rodgers, at least peak Aaron Rodgers. I mean, mm -hmm. peak Aaron Rodgers eats two-point conversions for lunch. It's right. easy. Third and three, two-point conversion situation, any of that. That's no problem for peak Aaron Rodgers. One of the things that bugs me about this pet from the Bears' perspective is that this was not peak Aaron Rodgers. No. He looked so bad. It's almost like this, uh, like you'd heard tell of his demise, and then you saw him today, and you're like, oh, oh, yeah. You can see it. These throws are not accurate at all. He throws for 182 yards. That is the fourth lowest he has ever thrown for against the Bears. Like, how bad does it have to get in Green Bay, which was just one game better than the Bears, and... Barely hanging on to a playoff uh, playoff chase. Aaron Rodgers talking about maybe shutting it down soon if they're mathematically eliminated. They are horrible against the run, which is the only thing the Bears do really, really well. How bad does that have to get in Green Bay? I know what the Bears are going through on their side, but how bad does that have to get in Green Bay for you to finally win one? 
<laughs> How bad does it have to, to get in Green Bay to be worse than the Bears, is what you're trying to say. Yeah. And the answer is, it has to be worse than this. This is the, uh, the worst uh, Packers vintage probably of the decade, uh, and and they rallied to win here. I'll point out that, you know, in, the, in that passing guard stat you had, at least one game was a game in which he broke his collarbone and couldn't finish. Yeah, he has one on here where he only threw two passes. I'm yeah, looking at the game the log. Mc- that's probably a Shane McClellan yeah. collarbone game. Yeah, I turned to you, I think, in the third quarter, and I said, whoa, like, he's just discombobulated or just well, not, the, not in the sync. stats, we could see how bad it yeah, was. We not, could see whole, how off he was. The whole thing was not in sync, and, you know, you know, I gather that he's injured, uh, you know, when you see him play like that, just because we've seen Aaron Rodgers, uh, you know, be the MVP last year and the year before that. I don't think he got old overnight. But, yeah, I mean, this is... If you're a Bears fan who wants to beat the Packers every year, it's not going to get much easier than it was today if you grab that opportunity. This is a really bad, what, 4-8 Packers team, or 5-8 now. Um, This was their chance, and they were up 13. I mean, Jason, with less than a minute left in the first half, they're up 13, and the Packers had fourth and and four, and they throw a 14-yard touchdown. Uh, and you know, and then in the fourth quarter, the Packers score eighteen. Yes. The Bears score zero. Yes. So if you want to count that touchdown too, the Packers scored twenty-five of the last twenty-eight points, I believe, if my math is correct. The Bears went into the fourth quarter up nineteen to ten, and I mean, you're at home playing a, another bad team. I know the Bears are a bad team. I know that, but you're playing a bad team too, and you're yep. at home. You're up nine. Like that's a game you got to have, man. I. And it does it concern you that. That they're not winning any of these, and you know, I understand the you know draft order and all that. You know, we acknowledge that. But does it concern you that they can't pull out one of them? I think one of the things you need to see from Justin Fields is an ability to thrive in those two-minute situations. Mm-hmm. And it's not about like learning how to win or something like that, but it's passing effectively in obvious passing situations. When The thing that keeps happening, Pat, is when they get in this situation, which, as you said, we've seen them in this situation now, it feels like half a season. Right. Every week for the last however many weeks, we've seen Justin Fields. Uh, it's the old uh, Philip Rivers scenario where ball you got the ball, a minute and a half left, down five or something. <laughs> How are we going to screw this yeah. up today? Yep. And you can't really run in those situations. You can't hand the ball off in those situations because you got to be conscious of the clock. You can't take off running as a quarterback. I mean, you can, but you can't really like make that your offense the way they do the other uh, 90% of the game because those scramble plays themselves take a long time. Yeah, right. And then if you don't get out of bounds, you're continuing to lose time. The Bears had three timeouts left when they started their drive with 4.49 to play. They're down one. Fields completes a five-yarder. Montgomery runs for eight, throws an incomplete pass, completes a 13-yarder to commit. That puts the ball at the Packers 43, Jason, with three minutes left and the Bears needing a field goal. Eberflus afterwards talked about you had them kind of right where you wanted them, which is, in theory, you know, you make them burn their timeouts, you get two first downs, you kick a field goal and walk away. And that's when Fields threw the interception to St. Brown on first and 10 at the 43. I think... <laughs> the Bears tripped all over themselves blaming St. Brown for that. And I think that's worth pointing out that Matt Eberflus, who rarely throws a player uh, under the bus, uh, went out of his way to say, listen, on that route, if it gets jumped by a corner, 
our receivers got a better got to do a better job of fighting back and at least getting the ball to be an incomplete pass. Justin Fields himself came out and said, "Well, EQ's got to fight back a little harder." There, um, I don't know how fair it is because St. Brown walked out of the uh, locker room before we could go in it, but you, you can't throw an interception there, and and you know we can assign blame to the receiver or the quarterback or both, but I mean that's a you know the Bears were in pretty good position to win the game outright. Uh, on first and ten at the forty-three. Now a lot of other things went wrong. Oh, yeah. uh, Throughout the game, you lose the game at all different points. You mm-hmm. lose the game in any quarter where you're making mistakes. Uh, you have Chase Claypool fumbling that ball uh, as they were moving down into scoring range. As the, as as his leg twisted in all sorts of horrible ways. Surprisingly yeah. okay, based yep. on the when you see the slow motion replay zoomed in on his knee, you're like, that's mm-hmm. bad. And, Not great. But it turned out he was okay, stayed in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cairo Santos cost them four. four points today. That I mean, you can't ever call a field goal automatic, but you are expecting a 40-yard field goal from an NFL kicker to be Absolutely. in. And the conditions were fine today. Um, so he missed his he missed an extra point, and that was the one he was upset about because I, I think kickers believe that if it gets blocked, that's not their fault. Do you realize it's the fourth extra point he's missed this season? It's, he's missed two field goals, including one today, and four extra points. That's crazy. He's kicked a little more like an average kicker yeah. this year, and we're not so accustomed to that from him because two years ago he set the record for a field goal percentage for a Bears kicker, which is a tough record to break. It's a very place tough, a very tough place to kick, and Robbie Gold kicked very well here. Um, he has a. Uh, he, he, I mean, a month ago he had the second longest streak in the NFL and made field goals. I mean, yeah. yeah. There's been some little glitches here and there with Cairo, and you know, no kicker has that much job security. So you know, he'll be their guy the rest of the year. But after that, yeah, you have to wonder. And and the Bears dug themselves a deep hole, getting rid of a guy who knew how to kick at Soldier Field in favor of somebody who didn't. Uh, and I wonder whether. Ryan Poles may have learned the lesson that Ryan Pace, uh, you know, learned the hard way, which is I would give Santos a little extra rope. Hang on to the guy that knows how to do it here. Yeah, yeah. This is the hardest place to kick in the league between the, between the wind, Pat, the cold, and the grass, and the, the, grass. The, the ground that you're trying to kick on. There was another point where this really surprised me, and Matt Eberflus's explanation really surprised me because I feel like professional sports and professional football is so – ultra competitive and it's all about win in every possible margin win in every inch mm-hmm. that's in front of you and they kind of threw away an opportunity to at least try for something at the end of the first half yeah it, it was it was interesting the Packers had fourth and four lined up in the Bears I thought the Packers were going to take a timeout um, after a third down the Bears instead take one which is forcing the Packers to make a decision at the end of halftime they could either go for it or try a field goal down 13, they decide to go for it, and all Aaron Rodgers does is throw a 14-yard touchdown pass. The way <laughs> it's funny, the way that works out. Uh, that gives the Bears the ball after a long return by Ebner. Gives the Bears the ball at the 37, coming out with 17 sec- or with nine seconds to play. And Eberflus said that you know there wasn't enough time to get a playoff and get out of bounds and try and kick something. But then why take the timeout? Why? I mean, I, I don't understand. Either side of that. Why not try something when you have, I mean, you have a guy that runs for 60-yard touchdowns. Well, you burn a timeout. Try something. You burn a timeout. You literally get the ball back a play later after, I mean, a touchdown, but still a play later. And and then you decide 
uh, to turtle a little bit. And you, you see all these little mistakes or little missed opportunities or whatever. Uh, you, you're looking at the final score and you're seeing how the game ended and you're seeing Justin Fields throwing the interception, Cairo Santos missing the field goal, the defense mm-hmm. totally falling apart on that 50-yard run. But there's a lot of little steps here where, Pat, they're up 16-3. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you can't let 16-3 in the second quarter just sit there like that and give Green Bay time. What struck me in the moment was uh, when the Bears were up 6 and it was, what, uh, two minutes left in the third quarter. Uh, they're up six. Uh, I'm sorry, actually, there was uh, five minutes left in the third quarter. They're up six. It's third and seven, and they call a draw play to Darrington Evans. It works, and they get a first down. But you're sitting there going, oh, my God, are they just content with a field goal here because they were in field goal range? As it turns out, Cairo Santos kicks a 28-yarder to put him up nine. And I, I tweeted this. Uh, you can look it up, Jason. I, I, this isn't second guessing. This is first guessing. But I tweeted it at the time. Uh, going up, not, being happy to go up by nine against Aaron Rodgers is bad policy. And, and it came back to bite them eventually. It did. Uh, several other things from this game that are worth talking about. Alex Leatherwood played his first game as a Chicago Bear. Yep. And he's intriguing because this was a first-round pick last year. Mm-hmm. Middle of the first round from Alabama by the Raiders. Uh, thought to be a, a first-round left tackle coming out of Al- Alabama then really spiraled with the Raiders, ended up playing right guard, and ended up playing it so poorly that they flat out cut him. Mm-hmm. I mean, that he didn't show enough promise for them to even right. see what they could do in season two. And, Bear- and then, this is notable, the Bears claim him and his contract, meaning yes. that, that they are motivated to get a little value out of this. Right. Yeah. This is year two of, or year one of three, at least, for them with Alex Leatherwood, so they expect to have him around for a while. Now, those contracts aren't really that expensive, but either way. Uh, he finally got in. He'd been active. He, this is a guy that, by the way, when he, he got this great opportunity to restart his career with the Bears and then got mono like right away. Mm-hmm. And not only missed all that time, but he said today he lost 25 pounds during that. It took him another like month to kind of get back to his normal weight, normal conditioning. This is a really intriguing prospect mm-hmm. for them in a way that Riley Reef is not. Right. Riley Reef is a one-year Band-Aid mm-hmm. because they need someone out there to make sure Justin Fields isn't just getting clobbered left and right. Mm-hmm. But Alex Leatherwood is a guy that could be on their starting offensive line next year if he's good. We had this situation last year at left tackle with Jason Peters and with Tevin Jenkins. And Matt Nagy decided more or less to just play Jason Peters the rest of the way. Uh, his hand was forced by a couple of injuries and, and that's when Jenkins got to go. But... I like what Eberflus is doing here, um, in part because Riley Reef had a bad back this week. Uh, Leatherwood got to practice with the first team for a while, said he practiced well, decided to mix him in. I think this bodes well for the future. And I, I'm curious, off the top of your head, Jason, are there other situations like this where in the final month of the season we should expect the Bears to look a little forward and, and maybe mix in some younger, more unproven guys? It would be interesting to see if it happens at running back. Yep. If they're either if they're decided one way or the other on David Montgomery, we do right. want to pay him a certain amount, or we're not going to pay running backs. But Khalil like, Herbert is expected to return, so you know maybe alongside Herbert is that what you're saying? Well, there's guys to play like Ebner and uh, Darrington Evans. Darrington Evans got a lot of run today. I think Valus Jones is uh, an example of somebody I'd like to see more of on offense. 
I would too, but they don't. They would not love to see that, Pat. You no. Could, you, you, they could not make it more clear that they do not want to play him on offense. No. And it seems very much that they don't trust him. Well, and I mean, if they wanted to play Alex Leatherwood three weeks ago, they probably could have done that too. I, you know, and I think giving an opportunity to him, whether they like him or not, or, or whether they're intrigued or not, they, they may have to do that. Uh, looking around on defense, Elijah Hicks. You got to see Elijah Hicks. I mean, he's yeah. got to play over DeAndre Houston Carson for yeah, sure. Seventh round pick, though. Really? I mean, are you really I mean, that committed? I mean, are you really? How committed are you to DeAndre Houston Carson? I'll tell you this: DHC. We're in the weeds now, uh, but DHC is one of the guys on in their locker room that everybody respects and that everybody says does things the right way, and. I think rewarding that publicly is probably good policy. He played well today, too, by the way. He did. I want to talk about Justin Fields again um, in regards to his left shoulder, Jason. He returned. He wore a pad over his left shoulder. Said it didn't really bother. Or he didn't take a shot for it, which I thought. Did not take a painkiller. No, just played through it. Just played through it. And he said it only really hurt him once, right, when he went to block a Packers defensive lineman. I saw him do this, by the way, because I was kind of paying very close attention early in the game to what he was doing, what they were asking him to do. And you saw him, Pat, on their first drive. Uh, They sent him right into the pile Mm -hmm. on a quarterback sneak. And then you saw at the end of David Montgomery's run, he pushed Kenny Clark out of the way. Sure. I mean, Fields, once he stepped onto the field, to his credit, was good to go completely. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, he played his normal game as far as we could tell. He didn't appear hampered to me at all. I I think... You could probably argue that, that maybe he handed off a couple more times on those read option plays than he would have, you know, in week one of the season uh, if his body felt great. But that's okay. I mean, that's that's probably a good thing. Uh, it's probably the better part of Valor at this point. Uh, you know, also, he does ridiculous things so often now, Jason, that we are 17 and a half minutes into this podcast. And uh, have we mentioned the 56-yard touchdown run? He has. There are four... 50-yard runs by quarterbacks this year. Three of them are from Justin Fields. The other is from Lamar Jackson. And these are the two guys I think are, are very – I think Lamar Jackson is who you should compare him to because these are the best two running quarterbacks in the game. Absolutely. Yeah, and he took off uh, in the first quarter. <laughs> he he, he kind of shimmied past a blitzing corner about four yards into yeah. the backfield, then shot up the right hash – and was not touched. He just ran through everybody at that point. He, it wasn't made, even he only it was, shook one guy in the backfield, like you said, yeah. and then he was just gone. Just gone. And nobody I mean, could catch up. No one could react fast enough. It by the time he got to the 30, it was a touchdown. It was I mean, over. It was over. I think I mean, I mean, think we both said, ooh, touch, touchdown. Out loud, probably at the 40. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> his ability to do this is so worth the price of admission this year. You know, I, I think it's a very valid question to ask about you know, finding ways to win and finding ways to throw when you have to throw and when everybody in the building knows that you have to throw. But man, that's that last year, that 55 yard run would have been the most exciting play of the season. Maybe? It just wouldn't have happened. Well, it just then, period wouldn't have well, happened. They weren't, year, they weren't letting him do that. Well, yeah. And then this year, it's like, oh, ho, hum. He's, you know, we've, right. seen, we've literally seen this. It's only his times. third best run, Pat. It's his third best run this month. It's not, it's, it's, what he does on the ground with his speed is unbelievable. Yeah. And, uh, and I think every week we show up, and I, hope, I hope I'm not getting used to this, and I, and I hope I can appreciate it for what it is, which is fun. And do you know what the Bears traditionally aren't? Fun. Um, but it's just worth mentioning. His, 
The fact that he makes corners and safeties and linebackers look like they're running in slow motion is insane. No, and we see it every week, and it continues to be insane. I think this is going to be, I'm pretty sure this is going to be the worst team I've ever covered record-wise. But the okay. games are interesting. Oh, yeah. The games are fun. I mean, I'm all for this premise of whoever they play is going to score 30. Mm-hmm. And let's see if the kid can keep up. Let's see if Justin Fields can get him to 31 or 32 or whatever it takes. Like, that's fun to watch. Mm-hmm. These games have been more purposeful and more interesting to watch, more entertaining to watch than anything in the last three years. Oh, absolutely. Even the playoff year. Um, yeah, probably even the the uh, the playoff year two years ago. Um, it's now. <laughs> when you looked on the field today defensively, Jalen Johnson was there. Jack Sanborn was there. Uh, Justin Jones. Those are the three players we're sure are going to be on this team next year. Um, there's not on the defensive side of the ball. There's not a lot of not a lot of fun going on, and maybe it'll get a little better if Jaquan Brisker and Kyler Gordon, uh, God willing, get out of concussion protocol soon. But you know that defensive side of the ball is just a nothing. I mean, if you're talking about big picture, there are like three or four guys to care about tops. Yeah, and it can't get better. And it's weird because it can't get better this year. There's no help right. on the way. I mean, Brisker will help. Gordon is still more needs the snaps for his own development. Absolutely. Um, it needs still help over playing practice squad guys. Um, but it's a weird situation to be in for the Bears where it's a little troubling because you've said for years that they've got the defense mm-hmm. and then that slowly crumbled and now has fully collapsed. Yep. They don't have the defense. So you've gone from like, hey, they've got this defense, just got to figure out the offense, got to get an offensive line, got to get a quarterback – you still have to get an offensive line. Mm-hmm. You still have to. You still have a lot of problems on offense, and now it looks like your defense is basically a blank canvas. Like, I think an optimist would call. You it. You got a lot of spots to fill. Yeah, back. I think an optimist uh, might call it a blank canvas. I think a pessimist would call it maybe a black hole. I mean, they're they have so many spots to fill. And Jason, I'm sure we'll talk about this in the next six months, but they have so many spots to fill. Uh, defensively, that I don't think it can be done in one season. I really don't. Or in one off season, um, you know, they're going to have a starting safety, two starting corners, one, starting three technique, and maybe a middle linebacker, and that's it. I mean, this is a defensive line that can't touch any anybody. You could make the case that their biggest problem on the roster right now is that there is no pass rusher. I think I may make that case this week during the bye. Yes, uh, there's no. There's no, it's like, a, Miles it, Garrett, Khalil Mack type. There's no, I mean, there's no 2021 Travis Gibson. They did not sack Aaron Rodgers today, by the way. Not did, once. Did they touch him? I did, no, I, looking back, I think they may have touched him twice. He ran three times, so he must have gotten, <laughs> he must have got tangled on one of those plays, Pat. But it is, I mean, their lack of pass rush is just unreal, and... You know, <laughs> given that we've watched Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, and Akeem Hicks the last five years, uh, it's uh, it's very different. Looking at quarterback hits, none, uh, none, zero. So, so that's how that's going. Uh, Jason, the Bears this week have a bye, which is coming way too late in the season for all of us. But that means that uh, after they meet up tomorrow, the coaches are going to tell the players what here are three things to get better at during the bye. I don't know how one improves during the bye, but. And then they're going to send them on their merry way. Per league rule, they are going to be gone until the following Monday. So they've got a little bit of a break. We've got a little bit of a break. Um, 
and uh, that's a good thing. Um, it's a good time to retool. I mean, beyond like giving these players some things to work on, it's a great time for the Bears to retool and make some moves like they did back in their kind of uh, mini break going yeah. to the New England game. So right. things you want to fix in the passing game. I mean, Chase Claypool has got to be a 1,000% full go coming out of this. Like yep. No more waiting on Chase Claypool. Um, offensive line, if you want to play Leatherwood, you want to play some other guys, Tevin Jenkins, you want to try him at another spot. Like set everything up for these last four games, which by the way, Pat, it's the <laughs> it's next a wood chipper. The next it's two teams, chipper. my goodness. Like if you thought, you know, noodle armed Aaron Rodgers was tough today, the <laughs> Eagles are next. They've lost once. The Bills are after that. They're probably better than the Eagles. Both those teams are elite offenses and very, very good defenses. MVP level quarterbacks. These will be the two hardest teams they play all year, probably. <laughs> Jason, the This could Lions. be the Super Bowl, these next Jason, two teams. Yes, absolutely. And then they play the Vikings, who maybe are, is the big, maybe they're the biggest paper tiger in the history of football, but they've still lost, what, two games all season? And they finish against the, or in, on New Year's Day in uh, the third of their four games. They're in Detroit. Detroit's won four of five. The only game they lost was to the Bills. Like, these are four good teams right now. Detroit and, already beat them. Yep. I mean, here. Yeah. And I, I think we may look back on the fourth quarter today, a month from now. Uh, I think we may look back wistfully as, hey, remember when the Bears used to be in ball games? Because I'm not sure that'll happen again the rest of the season. We'll see. But before that, a bye week, Jason. Uh, a replenishing bye week. Uh, we will be back again at some point soon. Uh, until then, you can follow Mark Podash, who is uh, uh, on Twitter and a great Twitter follow. You can follow Jason and myself. You can check us out in the Sun-Times in print and online. And, of course, please like, rate, and review the podcast. For Jason Leisure, I'm Patrick Finley. Thanks so much for listening. We will be back again real soon. Have you ever wondered why anyone drinks Malort? Or if there are actually lobsters in the Chicago River? Then listen to the Curious City podcast, where we answer all your questions about Chicago and the region. WBEZ's Curious City is part of the NPR network and available wherever you find your podcasts.